Brother Dolph Painter. Brother Randall <coughs> called me last well, about April, then I guess, and asked me if I was speaking on the subject of politics. And I responded to him, and I said, What do you want me to talk about, national or personal? And he said, Yes. <laughs> so that's why there's two sessions. One will be national, will be more um, macro. It affects the country, the way our country mindset is which I do believe filters down to you and I, or the culture around us. So I'm going to start off with a basic economic lesson. The teacher is going to come out really strong. And I told Randall, I guarantee you I'm going to be a recording nightmare right now. Uh, the first thing what I'd like to do is uh, share with you that uh, finance is a, is, is, a, is a touchy subject, especially among church people. The Bible has an incredibly amount, a lot, a lot to say about that, and, and you can't ignore it. I'm very conservative, and part of it is my background, part of it is my formal education, part of it is uh, uh, being at the, the, uh, the trust department and the national bank for several years and talking to very successful people and what they did. Uh, this was before my conversion. And after my conversion, I found out that, wow, this stuff lines right up with Proverbs that they were doing, whether they were Jewish or non-Jewish or whatever. So it was part of that process. What I'd like to do is uh, start off, though, I want to preface something. Um, and this is kind of a general statement, because I want to talk about the culture of our country. And, and right now... Um, if, if we take a subject that's totally unrelated to finance, and I want to take the subject of polygamy, okay? Mm -hmm. When we look at the Bible and we look at sexual sins, we can say adultery, that's a sin, it needs to be repented and atoned for. Sodomy, that's a sin, it's a, it, it needs to be repented and, and, and atoned Bestiality, you can go with any of that kind of sin, and incest. But when you come to polygamy, it's kind of a tough one because I never see God tell Abraham or Jacob or David repent, turn from them, get rid of these extra wives. Mm. It's something, it's not God's plan, right. but it's not in God's design either. Right. And when I read scripture, I never see anyone that committed polygamy that had a happy outcome. Right. Right. <laughs> you got wives with wives, kids with kids, fathers with children. It's just it's just a total bust. Okay? Well, in a lot of ways, debt is the same thing. I can't say debt is a sin. But not, it's not God's plan. Right, yeah. But there are occasions when we find ourselves that, you know, if my wife had to have a life saving, my wife had needed to have a life saving operation tomorrow, I'd borrow. Okay? So I would do that. So when I present some of these things to you, I can present principles to you, and you can find an exception for every single principle I give you. But what I'm talking to you about is your life decision month after month after 20 years. What's your lifestyle say? I'm not talking about that time when you had the serious operation or for that six-month period where you lost your job. These are principles that are month after month in steady, disciplined, budgeting, that kind of stuff. Okay? So, with that as an introduction, I'm really going to go on the limb. 
The best illustration I know how to explain a national economy is a mock poker game. Okay? <laughs> poker game. Oh. Poker, right? I need three helpers. And in order to be in this game, you need a buck, you need a dollar. So someone pull out a dollar? And I couldn't find any poker chips around this fine church. <laughs> Can you come up here and sit right about here for just this last is only the last about five or ten minutes. Okay? I'll operate for seven dollars. Remember, if you can't detect the pigeon in the game, it's you. So what I've got here is we're going to start off, and what that dollar is going to get you is four poker chips, or make the box, right? And brother, Mike. Thank you, sir. And I'm, I'm Uncle Sam. Got it? I am Uncle Sam. So what we've got here is I've got four cards, and we're going to play a real simple game. And I've got three deuces and an ace. Okay. Oh, Lord. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry your boys are watching this. <laughs> I don't promote poker. I think I played once in high school. I hated it. <laughs> but this is the best illustration I can think of. Just so long as we're putting eights in there. Okay. So I'm going to give everybody one card. Ready? So let me start off here first. <clears throat> so in this pot of assets, you have $4, right? And we've got 16 chips. So that's a value of a quarter, right? 25 cents. And there was no action taken, that's just the start of the game. So we're gonna play a hand and we're gonna make our wager. Now, if you got the ace, you're probably going to go all in. But I'm Uncle Sam, it doesn't matter what I have, I'm always all in. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Mike, you going to bet or not? Yeah, I'll bet. You're going to bet all in? So, so put all four of your chips out there. Okay, thank you. Uh, what are you going to do? Are you gonna... I'm going to bet two. You're going to bet two with a two? Really? <laughs> <laughs> two. I don't bet anything. Bet okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm Uncle Sam. So I'm going to bet all four mine. Okay? We do the reveal, and it turns out there's an ace, a two, a two, a two. So Brother Mike wins. He gets all the little blue winners. I like this game. You like this game? <laughs> 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 <You're too late>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's Uncle Sam. He's got to play. So what he does is he prints money. That's all I Okay, I'm going to get four more. Let's start right here. And we're going to go, how many assets are in the pool? Four. Still four bucks. Except there's 20 chips. 20 chips? Uh, 20, uh -huh. 20 cents per. 20 cents per, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? Action taken. Print. Print more. Money. 
<laughs> okay. So now we're going to play again. Can everybody start back? Second hand, I've got three actions I want to take. Okay, are you gonna bet? I'm not gonna bet. You're passing. Pass. You're gonna pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord, that means I got. I guess I have to go all in, right? Yeah. Would you go? I'll all go all in. You're gonna go all in. So put all four. You're in there. Uh, I'm Uncle Sam. I'm always all in. Yeah. I put my four. What you got, brother? I have the ace. You got the ace. So he wins. Yes. Okay. So right now I'm out again. This time. I'm going to borrow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to borrow. I'm going to write an IOU. Brother Mike, I'm going to borrow some money from you. Okay. Some checks. <laughs> I owe you five chips. Okay. Can you give me five chips? Don't worry. You'll probably end up with a bag anyway. Let's do this. Assets. Four dollars, right? Yeah. Chips. Actually, it's twenty-five. Because when you take M one, that's okay. The money supply, T bills count as money. Okay. Okay. Oh, so basically, wow. this is your five chips here. Yeah. 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 Okay. So he's got those. If we add up everybody's assets, they're going to total twenty-five. Okay. So what's this go down to? I can't, I can't do that. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Action taken. Action borrowed. Oh, borrowed. Borrowed. What I'm trying to impress on you is borrowing as a cost. Yeah. It's yeah. hidden. Yeah. Just yeah. like any money has a cost. It's yeah. hidden. Yeah. Borrowing as a cost. It's, 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 it's inflationary, right? Right. That's right. I didn't tax anybody, but they just got taxed five cents. I didn't tax anybody, but they just got taxed four cents. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. So when the current administration goes in and borrows $7 trillion, 22 is $29 trillion mm -hmm. in the first 15 months, and we see 9% inflation. Yeah. Right. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Right? right? And they blame the Russians, supply chain, <coughs> Trump. Yeah. No, what's happening? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. Because we're going to read the Old Testament, what it has to say about borrowing. Until you understand this, you won't understand the full impact of what's going on in the Bible. Okay? Let's do one more. Can we go back? Okay, let's, let's play uh, one more time. Let's see here. So the Marshall to the Okay. So now Uncle Sam's even taking the winners. <laughs> okay, so we, we're going to bet again. I've got one more action I want to take, right? Okay, so um, are you going to bet go by? I'm going to keep my devalued money and my borrowed money. Okay. I'm all in. You're all in, you're all in this time? You going to put two in? Right. You going to pass? I'm passing. Okay. Well, I'll match you. I'll match you two. Okay. And we do it, and Brother Marty won, so he gets his four back. 
Can you get your four? Maywell. Okay. But let's pretend I'm out of money again. So now I can tax. So let's pretend I took one from him and one from him and one from him. So now I've got some money to do. But what happens here? $4. Did this change? No, it just got I'll reallocated. Technically, it got reallocated. reallocated. And 16 cents, right? Right, yeah. Okay. You got it? Okay, so, so let me throw a couple things that you've heard in the news lately. Okay. <coughs> we're going to borrow a trillion dollars and we're going to call it anti-inflationary bill. It's clicking, right? Okay. Um, 9% inflation. We're going to raise Social Security 9%. Yeah. Guess where that money comes from? It's borrowed. We're going to help your inflation by giving you more money. Guess where it's coming from? We're going to take it from you. Yes? Yes. Okay. That's right. Okay. It's all a shell game. It is a shell game. My point is, is most politicians operate here. Mm -hmm. The only place where you had value was right. when you're in here, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you do it through innovation, efficiency, yeah. assets, yeah. resources. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. But what's our current administration doing? Emptying the oil reserves. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Buying farmland and shutting down the farms. Right. Dumbing down our students. Yeah. Right. So not only are they not building this up. Carrying this down. Yes. That's right. That's another hidden cause. That's right. Okay. Borrowing is this downward spiral. Okay. Now let's look at scripture and see what it says about borrowing and we can understand the full impact of it. Okay. <clears throat> well, I guess there's one more I wanted to put on there. Go ahead. In order to fight inflation, we raise interest rates. Right? That's a good strategy. The problem is we're so much in debt. Right. What happens to the interest rates? They go up. They go up. Way we got a bigger right. interest expense. Right. Guess how we pay that? Borrow. We borrow it. Naturally. Yeah. Right. Okay. And a hard. Okay. Let's go to scripture. All right. Thank you, brother. And thank you, brothers. Thank you. Have your money back. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch Uncle Sam now. That's something that happened to talk. Get my money back. He out of for all it's worth. That's what Uncle Sam does. He'd have COVID. And afterwards, if you want the handouts, they're, they're all up here. Uh, my first reference, well, actually, I want to read something to you. This is the Coinage Act of 1792. Is the Coinage Act. Okay. Coinage Act. <laughs> One who debases coins is guilty of a felony and subject to death. 1792. How do you debase coins? Well, you can add dross to gold or silver, diluting the value. Mm -hmm. uh, what did we just do up there? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. 
A felony. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> you can shave the edges off a coin, creating extra currency with the shavings. Mm-hmm. What did we just do over there? Wow. Mm. Right? Okay, here's the Oxford English Dictionary. I didn't have a Webster. <laughs> <laughs> the condition of being puffed up with vanity or pride. That's 1526. The action of inflating with air or gas. That's 1601. The issue of inconvertible paper money, 1864. So that's our definition of inflation. That's what we did. It is a violation of the coinage act. We're just doing it more sneakily. Okay. Got it. First reference I would like to go to is in Isaiah 121. Isaiah 121. And I see some of you writing. I'll tell you what, let's do this right now. I'll give you the national one. Here, I'll, I'll pass it up. Thank you. It got rained out, so the top one's kind of shaky. <laughs> Let me read 21 through 23. <clears throat> How has the faithful city become an harlot? It was full of judgment. Righteousness lodged in it. But now murderers, thy silver has become dross, thy wine mixed with water, thy princes are rebellious, and a companion of thieves. Everyone loveth gifts and followeth after rewards. They judge not the fatherless, neither do the cause of the widow come unto them. This is an example of uh, a fruit of what happens to a wicked nation that walks away from the Lord. Okay? Let me read the second one. I want to read Deuteronomy 28. Let me read that one. <clears throat> Let me read Deuteronomy 28, 9 through 14. Now again, um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the national one. I'm going to probably spend more detail on the personal one. I think that's probably what you'll be preaching to your, your uh, congregations if, if, it, if it's helpful to you. But Deuteronomy 28, I want to start reading at verse 9. See if this sounds familiar. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself as he hath sworn unto thee. If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods and the fruit of the body and in the fruit of thy cattle and in the fruit of thy ground in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open thee his good treasure, the heaven to give rain unto the land in a season, and to bless all the work of thy hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken to the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them, and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods and to serve them. Um, the way I look at it, I go to our nation in the 80s, it was Japan. In the 90s, it was Saudi Arabia. And in this century, it has been China. We've been addicted to the death of other nations. And there's going to come a point in time where... Um, we will be the tail. I think we've already become wagged a little bit, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. but not like before. Yeah. 
Um, I'm debating whether I should do this or not. Now, I won't get into the inflation thing. If you want to talk about that later, we can do that. But uh, again, here's, here's the principles. Okay, what I like to do is I want to share something. And, and it's, the, it's the principle of a person is also comparable to the principle of a nation. Like, for instance, during World War II, we, we borrowed quite a bit of money. And, and that was for a season. I get that. But I'm talking about since we got out of World War II and we've had tremendous economic prosperity in the 50s, pretty much all the way and beyond, our process was still spending more than we had and more than we did it. And, and, and um, you know, it's interesting as I look at um, the presidents in my lifetime, and I'm in my 60s, uh, there's a handful of them that understood that we needed to blow up um, the assets and not the chips. And you'll be surprised some of the ones on that list. I think JFK understood it. I think Reagan understood it. Here's a surprise for you. You know who did a pretty good job? Clinton. Clinton did a great job. He paid off a lot of debt in the late 90s. And I could put Trump over there. It's interesting. JFK got it, but his brother didn't have a clue. That's right. Teddy, right? Yeah. Bill Clinton got it, but his wife didn't have a clue. So just because you hear that name, don't automatically go into autopilot and sue. Assume. And then you can go into the other one of the ones that are just simply concentrating on robbing Peter to pay Paul. And there's some folks on there that you'd be surprised. Nixon was one of the worst on there. Oh, yeah. So it doesn't mean they're blue or red. It's that process. So when we go in here, we understand. So when I look at a scripture, I look at something, I look at Enoch. The Bible says Enoch walked with God. Okay. I wonder what that entailed. Do you think Enoch only followed the letter of the law? And I think the answer is no. I think he followed not only the letter of the law, but he followed those principles that might not necessarily be a sin, but it certainly wasn't in God's will. I don't have, read him having multiple wives. And I don't know if he had a line of credit or not. I'm, I'm joking. I'm being silly, right? But, but, but when we look at ourselves or we look at ourselves as a nation, when we are walking in God's will, we're not looking for where the line is. And saying, how close can I get to that line without going over? Yeah, right. And it's my teenage sons, they're going, no, 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 I didn't go over there, but I'm over here, right? <laughs> but we don't do that. We don't go to the line. We go to God and we run to Him. Mm. We don't worry about dancing in that area. So when I look at this, <clears throat> I, I look at Enoch, and, and I see that. Now, again, I know there's exceptions. I know there's times when, when things line up and when they don't, and, and, and there's dire circumstance. I get that. But I'm talking about week after week, month after month, <laughs> sticking to some principles. And to really come home, we talk about personal finance. Okay? Uh, Deuteronomy 5.33 You should walk in all the ways of the Lord your God which He commanded you, that ye may live and it may be well with you, and He prolong your days. Here's a blessing that comes with it. Luke 1 and 6, Zacharias and Elizabeth, they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord. Again, I, I, when I look at these people that are walking with God, it's just not the letter of the law, it's the spirit of the law. Sure. Okay? And then finally, Colossians 1.10, that ye may walk worthy of the Lord unto all well-pleasing. And i got to believe when you're in entering polygamous relationships, that is not pleasing the Lord. It's not. 
Just because you didn't make you repent. Now, again, I go to Scripture, and I can see at the end of uh, Nehemiah, they had a national day of divorce. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't for polygamy. It was for marrying... Strange wives. Strange wives. Very good. Good. So, so, so there's principles involved, and we want to even follow his principles that might necessarily be that. Um, I, I'm, 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 again, I'm real conservative on finance. Um, I, I was conservative on my... And, and, and these... Let me share this too. When, when people ask my advice on finances, most everybody that asks me advice has already been through Dave Ramsey. And, and he's done a lot of good for a lot of people. But there's some things in Dave Ramsey that I'm just uncomfortable with. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And, and, and his come down as a law, and I can't give that law because sometimes the answer is it depends. Right. And our people don't like it depends, just like a teenager don't like it depends. <laughs> they want to know where the line is. And I can't always give the line. Right? There's a, there's, there's a ditch on one side. That's, that's the only thing I always run into. When I give a principle, there's a ditch on this side of the road, there's a ditch on this side of the road, and somehow you got to try to drive down the middle. And when you go here, that person wants to make you like you're over here. And when you're over here, this one in this ditch wants to make you like you're over here. And it's just so hard teaching people that way. But I am, I am thankful. I've, I've taught these principles. And, and some of the guidelines that I've given my, my own children will sound pretty strict. But again, I'm very thankful my two oldest sons graduated from college debt-free. Mm-hmm. You know what they did? They sucked it up, took the embarrassment of their friends, and they lived at home. Okay? And they were in homes in their mid-twenties. And their friends weren't anywhere close to it. So, so see, these are all principles in here that, that we'll go through. Okay? Um, I want to read this one to you. This is Isaiah 5.20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil and put darkness for light and light for darkness, but bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You know what dementors are called? The new modern language? They're called Leverage. What is the venture? Oh, the venture is a, a bond. It's a oh. debt. Okay. You, you know what a bond is called? It's called buying power. You know what a mortgage is? Compound word? Death bond? Mort? Death bond? It's called tax shelter. We're calling evil good. We're associating positive terms to these negative principles that are in God's word. We're supposed to be free in Christ. And, and we'll get in there. Um, Malachi 2.17. Ye have wearied the Lord with your words, yet we say, where have we wearied them? When ye say, everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he that delighteth in them. I shared with a couple of the brethren earlier, driving here yesterday, I was driving through Gainesville, and over the radio came an advertisement from a local car dealer. And they said, we're going to be lined up with brand new cars tomorrow. You stop by. We'll have all the lenders all lined up for you because you deserve that new car. (laughs) I'm going, deserve? That's a strange word to associate with a new car. But evidently it's working because some people are buying it because that's why they're giving the sales pitch. It's, it's, It's that thinking. But unfortunately, it's the way... Our folks in Washington think. Right. So we see all this going on in, in most all the policies and all the squabbling 
it's all being done in that second column, just rearranging the dollars. And very little it, you see people arguing about how to grow the natural resources of the country, because that's our only solution from an economic. God can come in and intervene, believe me, I get all that. Got it? Okay. And on a national perspective, like I say, we'll, we'll break and we'll talk, I'll answer all the questions you want. But I want to spend more time on the personal, so this will be a little short. But I do want to show you the blueprint for domination, my nation. And we have to go to Egypt. There was a famine of seven years that followed seven years of plenty. Here's the formula. In Genesis 41, 46 through 69, Jesus or Egypt stockpiled food. In 41, 53 through 57, Egypt sold the food from its stockpile to hungry folks. In 47, 13 through 15, they accumulated all the money. 16 and 17, they accumulated all the livestock. 18 through 20, they accumulated all the land. 21, they relocated all the people to the cities. And then they had tyrannical government with a communist economy. I get asked this question, why did, wouldn't you want to have a guy like Joseph in charge of you, of a government? And I usually shock people and I say, yeah. The problem is, what happens when that God-fearing man dies? That's exactly right. Right? So I'll take him. But who comes after him? And he died. So that's what kind of like judges. When judges, we never got stuck with some inept son. Right? God picked the next judge. But when they went to the kings, Israel got stuck with a lot of sorry sons. <laughs> Period, right? <laughs> so that's the formula for domination. Does that sound familiar? Okay? We're in a hurt. But the thing is, is you know, I'm here in my 60s. And I've got to apologize to my children and my children's children all the time because my generation did it to them. And maybe I didn't do the spending, but I allowed them and I didn't put up a stake about all the spending that was done when I was younger. We're supposed to be providing for them, not them for us. That's God's design. So that being said, we'll, we'll, we'll close on the national conversation. And then whenever we get back, we'll open it on a personal converse, conversation. Did you want to? You ready for a break? I can, do, I can go right now because I kind of went short here. What time is it? Two five. Five. Yeah, I went th- 35 minutes. Yeah. Okay, I can take it right now. Yeah. Anybody have any questions about national stuff? No? Uh, what's the solution? Yeah. The solution is, is to grow the grow the intrinsic value of the stuff. You know, like yeah, if, that's the general specific. Oh, specific <coughs> like the people. Well, I mean, we we elect the people who we yes, you know, you know they, this didn't happen overnight. With those actions taken, yeah. <laughs> the people that just concentrate on there came out of office. Yeah, because that's the only tools they have in their toolbox. But how do we get enough people to get them out of office? Well, we doesn't that go back to the, to the 
doctrine to teach. Yes, we need to teach them out of that. God's blessing to open people's eyes. Yes. Yes. We need to we need to teach them out of that. Now, um, I did best my teach my children, and anybody that ever been in a church that I pastored, I did my best to try to teach. Now I'm trying to teach 17 preachers who could maybe teach another couple dozen people. Just, just. Um, how many eyes went like this when you saw borrowing? Wow, that's inflationary. Yeah. Right? Poor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's Brother Philip? Brother Philip didn't even bet to the end. Before he ever got started playing the game and engaged in the poker game, guess what? Sorry, he was losing. Mm-hmm. He lost nine cents a chip and he didn't even do anything mm-hmm. because of the borrowing that's going on. All this borrowing that's going on right now, anybody with a fixed income with, with a savings account, we just rob from them. Right, right. And the thing is, is you, you see, when I, when I, I did this last one right here, this was a tax, I didn't write that in. But when I tax everybody, you know, that's one of these squawks. Right. I'm talking about right. voters. Right, yeah. They should be squawking every time this and this happens. Right, yeah. right. Because the impact's the same. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it just hurts when you have to write the check out. But it doesn't hurt as much when your value goes down like this in your account, your buying power. Yes, sir. So your example of that zero interest rate, that even makes it worse when you have interest in that. Yes. Well, let me let me show you that real quick. Okay. Let me show you how that works. And, and that's, these actions, it, it feels like it's happening to somebody else, not directly to you. Yes. That's part of it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You don't see them. Because you love here. You come in. I'm sorry. Okay. So it feels like it's happening to somebody. somebody happened or happened to somebody else. You've got to think of interest rates as the price of money. Okay. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, for instance, um, a barrel of oil is, let's say, $100, right? The Saudis cut down production, yeah. and the price goes up to 110 okay? That's the price of oil. The price of money, <coughs> use money to charge money. You use interest rates to charge money, okay? So the Saudis get $100 <coughs> in America for a barrel of oil. They get $100. But what happens in one year with 9% inflation. What do they have in their pocket, buying value? 91 bucks, right? And the interest rate is 3%. So they get an extra $3, so they have $94. So what happens is, is when inflation is 9% and interest rates are 3%, they still lose 6% for doing nothing. So what do they do? They jack up the price of the oil, 6%. You got it? And that's inflationary, right? (coughs) So the Fed's raising it. See, the Fed doesn't drive interest rates. The market drives interest rates. You got it? And and, and you listen to PRI. Oh, the Fed did this. They're doing this. They're wrecking the economy. No! The borrowing is wrecking the economy. This is the price of money. Okay? You want some more bad news? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, when I was in economics, when I was in economics and at the bank and in the trust department, they had something called CPI, commercial yep. yeah. price index. That's an yep. inflation measurement. Yep. Okay. It was a basket of goods. I'm not a very good artist, but here's my basket of goods, right? And then there was a bunch of stuff. 
But you know what they did in 2022? They changed the basket of goods. Yes, before there was there was there was food and gasoline and heating oil and doctor's appointments. You know what they put in there for 2022? RVs. Huh. When's the last time you bought an RV? You buy any RV in the last six months? You know why? Because when interest rates go, RV prices go down. So they're reporting 9% inflation, but if they use the same basket of goods they did when I was yeah. in banking, you know what inflation is? 18%. Wow. And the Saudis know that. Yeah? Yes, sir. Question. Uh, in your scenario that you very adeptly raised, it was you know, explained out, what happens when the borrowing dries up? Or, or do you foresee that as a, as a possibility? In other words, just out there, we're selling our debt. Well, what if nobody wants it? Well, there's going to come a point in time where they say, that's it. And, and basically what the world's going to do is we don't want the dollar-based standard anymore. Yeah. We're going to do what? It, Repeat that again. They said there's going to come a point in time where the world's going to say enough is enough. You're too inept, America. We're not using the, the dollar. The world meaning, meaning China, right? Right now, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And what do we do then? Crash. we got to be like every other country. Global right? currency, cryptocurrency. Yeah. We'll, we'll be like Argentina or Germany during World War II. Wow. Yeah. Where all of a sudden money's not the currency, cigarettes are. Mm. Yes, sir. So is that, so is, is it valuable even though, I mean, to buy things of real value, investing things of real value instead of paper money or? Yeah, you know, like, like gold or bullets or food or, you yeah, know. Yeah, oh. Nothing has real value, it's, it's what we value it at. That's right. There's but nothing in the world that's valuable. We value things. Yes, yes. And but it has to be Right, as you told me. Is, is a father of children. Yeah, even if you can't sell. Correct. Yeah. You I can't value, well, paper money is worth nothing. Yes, yeah. correct. But I value food. food. Right? So it stores up food. Mm -hmm. The yes, sir. So you, uh, I think you said this, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said the, the solution to this is increase the asset. The, problem, the, right? the uh, column. Yeah. So I had a question about this. So, um, and I'm not as good a student of history as I'm sure many of you are, but my understanding is that um, JFK, for example, and Clinton, I'm not sure about Reagan, but uh, I know specifically those two were beneficiaries of growth in assets that they didn't really have any, uh, any they didn't cause it. JFK was responsible for the boom after World War II. Yes. He, he inherited that. Yeah. Clinton inherited the internet economy, the increase in, vast increase in services. And so they were beneficiaries of that. And so, to their credit, they used that money to they keep... Owned it. Correct. So, my question is, is that we need to increase the column of assets. Even these examples you gave, those guys didn't increase assets. They just benefited from market, you know, powers that just happened to be going on during those... They reduced the number of chips, which increased the value. Reduce the number of chips. Yes. So that's what they can do. Yeah. Kind of, kind of yeah. look at currency. Let's pretend um, Lockheed, you work for Lockheed? He did. He did work for Lockheed. <laughs> okay. So I'll get a pension, which is becoming worth less. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Think, think of their, their, their stock. Okay, they, they, the whole company is there and they got a thousand shares of stock outstanding. 
And if they just decide to issue another 100 shares of stock, well, you've got, now you've got 1,100 tabs on the asset buying all that stock in the company, right? Or what happens if they do a stock buyback and now there's $90 with those same assets? Right. Well, how do they do investor value? Well, they create a new plane, right? Or, or, or their people um, discover some new processes that are more fuel efficiency, and all of a sudden their, their technology, their, their assets, their, their, their people in that company are more valuable, so the stock goes up, the value goes up, because it's that core thing that's underlying the company. Well, we got something too. We've, we've got a production power. We've got people. When people are getting dumber, it's just the wrong way. When is the last time, and whether it's the U.S. or any other country, that they reduced the, the money supply to what you were you were saying? When the last time in history? That Clinton, that Clinton did it. He reduced the money supply. He did. Okay, by paying down debt. Yes. Yeah. Didn't, right, didn't right do it good? No, he 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 so inherited a mess from Carter. Interest rate for inflation and everything. Well, what they did is the interest rates. The inflation then was eighteen, nineteen percent. So interest rates went to twenty one percent. Because what I learned in, in all my economics classes is the interest rates should be inflation plus two percent. That's just what it is. Inflation plus 2%. To encourage me to say, I, I need to get something. So if all I get is inflation back, then really entice me to save. So that's what I need. So that's why when inflation was like 18, 19%, interest rate went up to 21%. That's market. That's, it sounds crazy, but that's stability. When you got 9% inflation and you got 3% interest rates, or maybe they just jacked it up to 4 that's instability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. With the, you know, with all that you taught us about the, the dollar, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking about the church, and this is a question for everybody, is it time that we start thinking about not keeping all of the treasury in the savings account and investing maybe in gold, silver, even food? If Because if the dollar keeps going down and we just leave the money, the church's money in the bank, well, we're losing money with it being in there. Yeah. So I guess that's my question. Should we start thinking, seriously thinking? Well, that's a whole other question. But, you know, if, if the church decided instead of having $20,000 in there to keep 10000 in food stores for its members, well, that could be very wise. I don't know. I haven't thought about that. So it's a good question, but I just haven't thought about that. You'll have to ask the doctor when you get home. <laughs> the professor, right? <laughs> okay. Anybody else have any questions about a national scope? What about the? Um, I mean, because you follow you follow this a lot closer than uh, than most of us. Um, well, this, 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 anymore, yeah. this, say, well, I mean, you've seen kind of the trends. So yeah. timeline, and I know you can't, you don't know it all, but timeline. Where are we? Where are we at in ten years? If nothing changes, and Biden's there. For six hey, well, years? if they, if somebody in the in the in the <coughs> is there, and they're and they're just they're just playing around with chips, and we have no assets, what are we what are we looking at? Uh, the value of the dollar, that kind of thing. Where are we at? If the first two years of this administration's borrowing continued for the next six years, 
I think we'll be destroyed. Yes. If the first two years of this administration continues for six more, I think we'll be absolutely destroyed. Destroyed. Yeah. Because he, he, the debt went from 22 trillion to 29 trillion. That's like 33 percent, right? Pretty mm -hmm. close. Yeah. 30, 33, 35 percent in two years. Really, 15 months. Right. Wow. It's, it's, it, that's huge. Can, can you define destroying? <laughs> Argentina. Oh, Argentina. Okay. Germany, post World War II. Okay. okay. Yeah. of money. So. Yeah. Will their own money. Well, pay for your meal after you eat because it's going to be more. You know, that kind of thing. So, so that's. How, how do we teach this to our congregations? You know, I, I know what you're saying, but. Yeah. How can we preach it and teach it to our congregations? Well, I think, you know, personally, we need to teach them, you know, how, how, how to vote biblically, but, you know, uh, it's easy for me to sit here and understand you, and I can understand you, but it sure would be hard for me to try to explain this to my <laughs> congregation. Well, that you try. I know. I'm going to. I don't, I don't yes, think it's imperative on us to necessarily be able to teach economics like Brother Duck. That, I mean, that, I've never seen that chart like he did. That's great. It's important for us to just teach our congregation don't spend more than you make. It's really, it's really at a basic level, don't spend what you don't have. And then as primitive Baptist, though, that really kind of starts with the foundation of the depravity of man. All the way back in the garden, Adam wanted something he didn't have. And he was willing to mm -hmm. pay a price he was not aware of to acquire something he didn't know what he was going to get. The definition of well, yes, God told him in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And Adam's first question should have been, What is death? He didn't ask that. He just said, Can I swap what I have for what I think I want? And that's that's where most people, that's where, that's where borrowing, debt, credit cards, boost your credit score, all that yeah. stuff comes in. So, you know, what I tell, what I tell my kids, my children, don't waste your money. I, Isaiah wrote it. Isaiah wrote, uh, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? Mm -hmm. Something like that. So, you know, yeah. and video games, TVs, uh, subscriptions to what, music, this, all that kind of stuff, I, while it's entertaining and fun, why are you spending your money for that which is not bread? Mm. And so Paul said, having food and raiment, let us there with be content. So we can start with those two principles. Having food and raiment, which he had set a big house and a fancy car, but he didn't. He said, you know, so I, I think it's, as pastors, we, we got to say... This, Randall, the second one will be a lot more user-friendly because I'll be talking about the people. Oh, you want me to? Okay. Yeah. Right. That's coming in the next section. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, I only took two No, I'm just teasing. Okay. So, so modern monetary theory, which is what is one of those things proclaimed out there, debt doesn't matter. 
That that is the true big lie. Yes. Brother Randall, you were asking about how do you teach your congregations. And I've got little kids at home. But something I've been doing with my son, and obviously he's too little to understand. I mean, they're going to have to get much older for them to understand remotely any of this. But what I started doing is when he wants a snack, I take him a snack and then I take it from him, some, a piece of it right in front of him. And he says, hey, he goes, hey, you took my graham cracker. And I was like, eh. Your tax for me having to go get go get it for you. <laughs> now he won't understand that now, but he'll get it eventually. All right, we'll we'll take a break and come back in about fifteen minutes. We got, we got